You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight. So don't wait. Head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code ZABE. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the ZabeCast, another one of my bucket list sports moments is off the list. Waking up in the shadow of Lambeau. Full recap of the final farewell, Wolfton Packers. Chiefs are in big, big trouble as the Super Bowl loser hangover is the realest curse in sports. What's a 600th touchdown pass ball worth? We'll never know. All that plus a thought or two on the Alec Baldwin disaster in the desert. Your 30-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Monday, October 25th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being a loyal ZabeCast listener. We had a fantastic Sunday and I am now just winding down and getting ready to put my little sweet head to rest in my otherwise generic and boring suburban Milwaukee hotel room. I mean, it's a nice hotel, don't get me wrong. But I got something much better than that on Sunday morning. I get to wake up to beautiful crystalline sunshine, cool 45-degree temps, no wind, And I looked out the window of the house that I was staying in, and there was Lambeau Field rising like a behemoth into the sky. The majestic, iconic, world-renowned, not-yet-frozen tundra Lambeau Field, home of the Green Bay Packers, once a franchise in the post-Lombardi, post-Bart Star days that was considered a joke, an absolute Siberia, a punishment camp for NFL players to go to. Perennial losers and a laughingstock. With a stadium that was quickly on its way to being an outdated, utter dump and a relic. It is now one of the crown jewels in all of sports. You have to see it 
to believe it. You have to see it to fully appreciate it. We're going to talk to a guy who got to see it for the first time, a friend of mine, the Felt Father. You've heard me talk about him before. Big Redskin fan for life. Still hanging in with the WFT, and he was there with us today, and he'll give you his thoughts. But I got a lot of thank yous, first and foremost. Uh, Thank you to uh, not only Steve Lamp, who was the guy who brokered this sleepover in the shadow of Lambeau. Steve is a listener of my 97.3 The Game show in Milwaukee, but he also happened to know the owner of this house right there on 910 Stadium Drive. That's how close we were. We were literally through the chain link fence into the parking lot of Lambeau Field. That's how close it was. But uh, Steve knows the owner, Kurt Grunwald, and uh, or Grunwald, let me pronounce that correctly, and they go way back, Steve and Kurt do, and they were very nice hosts. And we stayed there, and then we woke up and we walked to the tailgate over at the Rush Center. We walked around the stadium. We saw all the tailgating stuff, uh, went to Kroll's West, all the usual you know, sort of things. Went to the game. Uh, thank you to Mike Darrow again for having myself, Josh, and Gitter in his wonderful suite, the Russ Darrow suite. That was fantastic. Thank you to Anduzzi's Sports Bar, who hosted us on Saturday night and gave us uh, some free drinks to spread around and for those who came out on Saturday night to see us. And thank you to all the listeners who signed up and who came. It was not as smoothly run of a promotion as I would have hoped because it was the first one. It was like, let's do this. It's not going to be perfect. And I apologize for not being able to spend as much face time with everybody that obviously wanted to hang out. Believe you me, me and Josh and Gitter were already going, okay, now we know what to do for the next time. But for those that came and jumped in on the first time, I appreciate it. And I hope it was still a good experience. And we did hang out a decent amount, but there was a, just a lot of moving parts to this. Not everyone could get in on Saturday night. Not everybody got to the tailgate at the Rush Center on time. Not everybody knew where we were going. And then once we were in the stadium, we weren't all together necessarily. Look, we're going to get this better. We're going to perfect this. But yes, thank you as well to Josh and Gitter. They were great wingmen and friends. And we had a fun time driving up on Saturday. It was really like the hangover. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. That's the great thing about, you know, you don't always get to do this. You get old, you get kids, life throws you around. Guys, take road trips with other guys. It is the best chicken soup for the middle-aged soul you can get. It's great therapy. So anyway, great weekend all around, and thank you, everyone who came. More on this coming up in just a second. The Packers wore throwbacks. They were sweet. They weren't exactly historically accurate because the 50s uniforms that looked like that, green pants, green tops, yellow numbers, yellow stripes, had actual gold helmets to mimic Notre Dame. Gold helmets with a green stripe down the middle. Packers did not do that because the NFL is clinging for one more year to their silly one-shell rule, which college does not have. Next year, the NFL abandons finally, and for good, I hope, the one-shell rule. That means the throwbacks next year around the NFL can return to being fully and utterly spectacular. But I think a lot of people really liked those throwbacks. Weather was great. Field looked perfect. Environment was awesome. The game, eh. 
it was kind of scruffy. And it was a little bit unlucky. Excuse me, my voice. Can you tell I've been yelling over music and yelling over crowd noise and loud talking to friends and everyone else? Uh, the game was kind of scruffy, like my voice. A little unlucky as well for the Wolf. Um, they had two touchdowns taken back by replay. Not taken back. They. <laughs> this is the thing about replay. Heineke's touchdown where they looked and said, oh, he dove into the end zone head first. And we've changed the rules so that no matter if you dive head first or slide feet first, you're down the moment your knee goes down. Guess what? That's not a touchdown. Now, look, by rule, that's the correct call. But replay was used to look at it, and then that took it off the board. Fourth and goal from the one-foot line. Heineke fumbles. He gets it back. He reaches over. I thought for sure it was a touchdown. I'm like, yeah. He's, his legs are on a bunch of bodies. The ball is clearly over. Could I prove it? No. You can't see through bodies. You can't see under every leg and arm and ass and everything else in the pile. But reasonable interpretation says, no, he was not down. Call stands. Woofed gets screwed. They were also their own worst enemy. Other turnovers, including red zone turnovers, they just weren't the better team. The Packers are not a really good team at this point, but guess what? It doesn't matter. They're 6-1. and one. They're 6-1. and one. The rest of the division is just sort of drifting along sideways. And so, therefore, you know, other than the Vikings at 3-3 three and three who had a bye this week, nobody's a threat. The Bears got thrashed on Sunday, and the Lions are still winless. So they're... They got a good record now. They're going to cakewalk probably to the division title, barring any major injury to Rodgers or Devontae Adams. And they can worry about being good come January. Got a long way to go on that front on defense. This will be a huge test for Green Bay at Arizona Thursday. Kyler Murray might run for 300 yards. If Heineke can run for like 90 yards or whatever this final number was, Kyler Murray could exploit open field against this pass defense like you can't believe. Got me a big game Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers, old school, more pocket passer. Kyler Murray, new school, little guy, run around. The Cardinals are legit. So it is on for this coming Thursday. Ticketmaster, let me talk about this for a second. It's all ticketless. It's all, you know, electronic at Lambeau Field. I'm not sure how many stadiums even still let you have paper tickets. It is a ginormous pain in the ass. I don't even know where to begin on this. First of all, I made sure that all four of my guys and two other guys were with me. We had to make sure we rallied up as a six-some because I didn't trust sending the tickets to two of our guys in the group because they didn't even have Ticketmaster apps. They didn't have a Ticketmaster account. You got to get that. Then you have to get a Packers account to catch Packer tickets digitally. And of course, they scrape all your info from your Ticketmaster account. And then I had to go one step further and get an email code which linked the Packer account to the Ticketmaster account. Total pain in the ass. I know why they do it. And the problem is you can't fight City Hall. You can't stop them. I mean, we're we're not going back to paper tickets ever. Here's what I wish they would do with these so-called electronic tickets. 
And I know they won't because they want our data. They want to get all in our phones, get every script and piece of zip code this, that. Who knows what they're snooping on in our phones. If they would issue digital tickets that were tickets like a JPEG that had a QR code on it, and if that QR code was such that, hey, if they should tell you in bold letters, if this QR code gets scanned by anyone at the entrance to Lambeau Field, it will be instantly used and invalid from anyone else. So please guard it carefully. Don't go showing it around or handing your phone to somebody who could steal your digital ticket. Then you could literally just text the digital ticket to whoever you want. Hey, Butchie, boom, there's your ticket. I know you're running late. We'll see you inside. Can't do that. Because they don't want to do that. They don't want to make it easy. They want to scrape all our data. That's the price of going to games these days. There's no changing it. All right, let's find out how the experience was for a guy who's never been to Lambeau Field before, and that is my guy, the felt father, Kenny Smith. Ken? Oh, thought he picked up there. Hold on a second. Oh, come on, man. There we go. Yes, sir. My man, the felt father. What's up, babe? Are you uh, relaxing in your hotel before flying back tomorrow? Well, before flying back in a couple hours, really. I think my flight leaves at 5.05. Oh, Jesus. 5.05 a.m. Yeah, that is a couple of hours. Well, we'll go pretty quick here. How was your experience at Lambeau? It it was amazing, Dave. I I can't thank you enough. Um, I work with uh, a guy from here, and then um, everything I heard from you, Still didn't prepare me for what it was. I mean, just the whole experience. Um, you know, like kind of two different things: the game and all the game day experience, and then the people. The people are just amazing. You know? Yeah, there there really is two tracks to the whole Lambo experience, and and like you said, one is the people, one is the upper Midwest vibe and the sports vibe up here, and the other one is actually the the stadium itself. My thing I asked you about, and this is what still strikes me and really I love so much about Packer games, is that you're sitting there, you're watching the game, and everybody is in their seat. It's... Everybody's they're in their seat before the game. That's what <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting there during the national anthem, I'm looking around, I'm like, wow, there isn't. Uh, it was funny because Hatch and I were sitting beside each other and there was a seat, two seats empty right in front of us. And we're like, oh, look at that. And as soon as the national anthem started, they were full. And you didn't uh, see any empty seats, you know? No. And just uh, it's things you miss from back in the day when, like, RFK and all that with the full crowd, you know, everybody knew each other. Like, everybody knew each other around me because they're all season ticket holders, you know? They all knew each other by name. You know, the whole crowd with the, like I said, with the national anthem and the flyover, like, you know, I found myself sitting there thinking about the old RFK days and, you know, early 90s and late 80s and just how amazing it was and how far we've fallen. I know. I know. It is. It is tragic. Now, of course, Lambeau Field, all the additions, and I pointed them out to you, all the stuff that they did to, to really step it up. And it was a concerted effort by the team, and at the time, President Bob Harlan, to pass a one-half 
of 1% sales tax in Brown County, which is where Lambeau Field is. And it did wow. not pass by a huge margin. I think it was 53-47 or something like that. Because, you know, these are hardworking people up here, and as much as they love their Packers, they're like, hey, you're an NFL team. You you pay for your own shit. But what yeah. it did to Lambeau Field is it took it from just a functional football stadium into a year-round world-class attraction. It We we parked and kind of walked up from the backside where the uh, – like the NFL experience is the full football field, and then came up behind the the sled hill, mm-hmm. and it's just just keeps getting. You can see Lambo, and we're like, "Oh, look, we're here!" And then as we're walking, we're just like, "Look at that! Look at that! Look at that!" You know, and it's everything, and and then everything's free too, Zabe. Like, not free. A lot of the things were free. There's just so many things to do, and the kids run around. That's what struck me. All the young kids run around playing and doing everything. You know, yeah, and kids, like I said, kids throwing footballs in parking lots, and that happens in every tailgate uh, around the NFL. Uh, there's probably I want to say six or seven different stages with live music on yeah. game day. And, and then the other thing, there was a couple restaurants right there. We walked in; it's an hour and fifteen minutes before kickoff, and it's a sold out game. But everywhere we went, nothing was overcrowded. You know, and I guess it's just because there's so much game experience you know it's not like there's just there's only one thing to do there so right you know we go in here and there's people you know like you said there's bands playing but you can walk right up and listen to it and there's people dancing and and you know like i have my sean taylor jersey on and i was expecting a little bit of grief i think i told you after the game i did not get one negative comment for the three days i've been here for one i've had redskin gear on well yeah, I'm gonna call it redskin gear. Yeah, they, the well, time. it is redskin gear. It's yeah, that's accurate. It's redskin yep. gear. And uh, that's one thing that struck me. But I bet you, I was I called my wife as soon as I got in the car, and I'm like, I bet you, no fewer than 20 people came up to me, introduced themselves, and asked how my experience was going. Really? You know? Yeah. And Un- then, unprompted, they actually unprompted. asked you, "How's it going? Yeah. How do you like it here?" Yeah. It, you know, usually the first question is, "Are you from here?" And I'm like. That was no. most people, and I say, no, I came in for the game. And how's the experience? You know, how's it going? Everybody treating you good? You know, and it was everywhere. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped to grab a bite to eat, and uh, on my you know, right before I checked in, and I walk in the restaurant, and this guy walks up to me, and he's asking me my game day experience and all this, and I tell him, and I'm like, you know, can I just eat at the bar? And he goes, oh, I don't work here. <laughs> I thought he worked there because he just came right up to me and started talking to me. Yeah, you know? yeah, that is that is good stuff. I have been here for Cowboy games when the Cowboys were really good, you know, uh, the peak of uh, the sort of the rivalry and, and whatnot, and they're Cowboy fans wearing Michael Irvin jerseys that can walk up to any tailgate and get a brat from any Packer fans like, hey, how's it going? You know, there is just – None of that savagery that goes on in some cities, <clears throat> Philadelphia, and others, yeah. <laughs> where you would worry about your back if you're wearing opposing colors. Yeah, I mean, if I would have, if I would have wore this anywhere, even if, even if you're going at, at FedEx Field and you have the other, you're going to hear crap the whole time. You know, there's going to be just riffraff. But it was, it's, it literally blew me away. And and I was talking to Hatch when we left. I mean, we got hugs from a couple people, you know, some ah. ladies introduce themselves or talking to us. And like, so nice to meet you. And give us a hug. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know, 
That is funny right there. And, you know, you compare that to the current experience, sadly, for Washington football team fans. Tell tell people who have never been, tell my Wisconsin listeners now, what's the FedEx game day experience like? It's miserable. (laughs) I I went to the Saints game, had free tickets, and I literally – it was similar to today. I found myself just sitting there staring at the field. And the difference was I'm at the at FedEx field and I'm like, I'm just looking around like, what has happened? You know? And it's, you know, people today said, Oh, I'm sorry about the game. You know, that's okay. I've had 20 years of misery. I'm getting really used to it. You right, know? Right. Exactly. Well, but- at FedEx field, you drive in suburbia, Maryland on the far side of the market. Although you live over there, which is fine. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's on the far side of the market, and it's to a stadium that is in the middle of pretty much nowhere. Mm-hmm. There is no amenities around the stadium whatsoever. It is just team-controlled parking lots. The other nice thing about you know Lambo is that you know you park in people's yards. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, I don't, what you, did you guys? What did you guys pay for parking? Forty dollars. Right, which is reasonable. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't hard to get out afterwards. You weren't behind a whole long line of people. There's obviously traffic that you have to deal with, but it's not like FedEx Field, where sometimes getting into the stadium, there's traffic. That is so yeah. bad. You're like, what is going on here? In part because Dan Snyder hires the, the least employable, I swear to God, they've got to be parolees. <laughs> that are that that are pointing you seventeen different ways on go park here, go park there. So you get yeah. the FedEx field, there's nothing but parking lot asphalt. Yes, people make a go of it with their own tailgates and they try to have fun and do this and that and you know, they do their best, but there's no live bands, there's no bars to step in, there's none of that. And then you go up to the stadium, which was even when it was fully built, it was an unimaginative hulking beast of a stadium no character whatsoever now it is a grossly disfigured stadium because they had to carve out huge chunks of the upper deck because they can't sell those tickets you said you used to go to games back in 2006 2007 even when the redskins were leading the league in raw attendance at 88,000 and you were five rows from the top rim which felt like being on the moon and you're screaming your lungs out at full blast and the stands are filled around you yeah and i mean we, we were in the dark because the lights actually hung out over us and <laughs> in the dark you know, in the dark, like just another flaw of the stadium, but at least it was full. And like you said, now not only have they cut out a third of the upper deck, it seems like, then they've basically wrapped trash bags around these others and made them look like, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing. But it, And, you know, I think I sent you a picture when I was at the game of the club level and the upper deck. It's, I mean, what would you say, 25% full, the club level yes. and the upper deck? If that, yeah. the, the club level with their severely overpriced concessions and severely overpriced um, tickets at FedEx Field are a ghost land. They're maybe 25% full. The other thing you said was amazing is that there was not a lot of Redskin fans. It's actually Packer no. fans who go to Packer games, which is yeah. not the case in D.C. anymore. Yeah, I could look around and I was like, oh, there's one down there. There's one a little ways over there, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's all Packer fans, you know? Yeah. And then like you said, the kids playing football, pass throwing the ball in the parking lot. You see that all the time, but 
you said there's yards and everything. Like, I feel like there's not a blade of grass within five miles of FedEx Field. You know, it's right. just an asphalt <laughs> wasteland. I know, you know, I know. And and you know, Snyder is pushing hard to try to find a new stadium, and I don't think I don't know where it stands right now. I have low hopes, Kenny, for I, them I, building the right stadium in the right place. I, I agree, and. You know, we were talking today. It's like, how does how does somebody like Snyder not come to one of these games or go and see this experience and not want it for himself? Oh, you know? I think he wants it badly, but I think yeah. he's the type of guy who just turns inwardly rage-filled. Why don't I have this? It is <laughs> le petit enfant, Daniel M. Snyder. You know, why do I not have this? Yeah. And hell, the, the L.A. stadium, they say, is off the charts next level. Have you been to Jerry World? No, I haven't. Okay, so. put the, put that one on your list. Now that's a that's a whole different vibe than Lambo, but it yeah. is a modern marvel, Ken. Yeah, that jumbotron is crazy. I want to see that. I want to. Um, uh, I'm still thinking about um, kind of up in the air about the Vegas trip this year. I might I might go out for that one. I, I think you should. Good. I'd like to hear yeah. your report. I, I hear Vegas is good. I'm, I hear it's not quite as over the top as L.A., but it's obviously very nice. And there's a bunch of other places that are pretty good as well. But uh, they've done a hell of a job at Lambeau. And uh, I thought the Wolfskins hung in there best they could. They got unlucky. Yeah. I just went through how they got screwed by replay. Replay overturns oh, an God. obvious touchdown on a technicality, which it was the right call. But then they couldn't fix the next play, which I thought was also another obvious touchdown because they right. couldn't prove that Heineke wasn't down. Right. And and that, when did that change? I thought if you were going forward. I know. Four years ago, apparently. Were, All in the oh, name of safety. Of in course, the name of safety. safety. Yeah. Because it was safe. You know, it was <laughs> dangerous for him to roll in there from the one-yard line. You know? And I, what, what were we in the uh, red zone six times, seven times with ten points? Yeah, inside I think uh oh for whatever inside the thirty on a multiple on a number of times, yeah. Wow. Tough tough deal there. Heineke is a fun guy to watch, does not have the arm strength to be a true QB one. I think he's the he's the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a good backup veteran who can give you a spark for a couple of weeks, but that's about it. Yeah. He'll wow you and he'll turn around and like that you know, that one pick in the end zone, huh? Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking there, but yeah, that's what that's what guys like that do when they're on the yeah. edges of the NFL. Well, I'm I glad he, he was gonna. I thought he was gonna grab another pylon on that one scramble he had, <laughs> and so the I'm poor like, this... the poor guy grows up a Packer fan, yeah, and scores Where... a touchdown at Lambeau Field. You know he knows it's the only time he'll ever play here. Goes yeah. to do the Lambeau leap, finds one Redskin fan in the front row, perfect, and then they call it back by replay. See, I didn't even see that part. That's all. You didn't? You didn't see he did a Lambo <laughs> no, leap? No, I didn't see him do the Lambo yeah. leap. No. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the replay the whole yeah. time. Yeah. No, he so, found wow. one He found one Redskin fan and did the Lambo leap, and he's like, what a great thing. He's like, it's a lot harder than you think. I was a little nervous, but I got up there, and then they take <laughs> it off the board because of fucking replay. That's, that was crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you could come, and I – can't thank you enough. I always love giving people who love sports, passionate people, experiences that they deserve and need. And you have built me some really killer stuff for the Mobile Strike Studio. Some uh, mic stands and cup holders and wheel well covers and 
cabinets and stuff. You're an excellent woodworker, my friend. Well, so I, I thank it. you for that. So, the, the desk is next. We got to do the uh, inlay with the. Okay. The with the logo. All right. We'll work. Yes, we'll, we'll start scheming the desk, desk next. Great to All have right. you up here. Thank you. Safe travels back home, felt father. All right. Thank you. And thank you very, very much. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey. What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning. Because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight so don't wait head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code zabe that's promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit that's promo code zabe you can double your funds to double your winnings bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancerscreenquiz.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. I love bringing people to special things, whether it's something like this or taking them to a golf course that might be special. If you appreciate something, and I know it's going to be good, I I love being a guy that can help broker that to happen. All right, quickly around the rest of the NFL, then I've got to get to bed and save my voice. Week 7 of the NFL, a week of complicating drama. The Chiefs are in real trouble. Patrick Mahomes held scoreless first time in his career. The magic is clearly, I don't want to say gone, but the bloom is off the rose. Another brutal fumble. And he had to say, yeah, that was my bad. I should probably not do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. When the media universally loves you and you've got a huge contract, And when you've won a Super Bowl, you feel like, well, you can do no wrong. Oh, they love it when I throw it sidearm or underhand or backhanded or no look. Yeah, they love it when you're winning and when you're not throwing a lot of picks. He already has nine interceptions this year. That is more than the six interceptions he threw 
all of last year. The Chiefs are in real trouble. And what happened last winter? They lost the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl loser hangover is one of the realest curses or jinxes or diseases that we have going in sports right now. Hadn't been that way forever, but you walk back in time. The Chiefs are in a real bad funk having lost the Super Bowl. The year before, the Chiefs beat the Niners, who have not been back since that. They've taken a real southward turn. The Rams lose to the Patriots and took a huge step back the following year. The Patriots, uh, the Eagles, excuse me, lose to the Patriots. No, no, other way around, other way around. Um, The Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they then also took a bit of a southward turn. The Patriots bounced right back. Patriots be the one team that bucked the trend. The Falcons lose to the Patriots, and they go into a funk. The Carolina Panthers lose to the Broncos. They go into a funk. Seahawks lose to the Patriots, have not been back since in the Russell Wilson era. There is something about losing the Super Bowl that really kind of devastates a franchise. And the Chiefs are in big trouble right now. The Jets and Bears get savaged both. And they're two of the teams that thought, oh, we got hope now. We got a quarterback who is really good. All the pundits say he is good. Granted, I didn't see the games. I know that Wilson got hurt for the Jets, but they were already getting thrashed before he ended up hearing a pop in his knee. They're hoping it is a PCL strain, and that's it. That would be about four weeks. Otherwise, his season could be over. Uh, His replacement was some guy whose name I've already forgotten because that's where we are now in the NFL with quarterbacks that probably shouldn't be playing. And Justin Fields and the Bears got eviscerated by Brady and the Buccaneers. And it's not not all Fields' fault, obviously. I'm not saying he's never going to be good. But these are not just turnkey, we got this guy, we're going to be fine type players. Hey, remember the hype on Fields back in the preseason in August when he had that one good half? He threw some touchdown passes and everyone, having been starved of football for seven months, is like, this guy's going to be great. Just remember that for next August. Sam Darnold is crashing and burning for the Carolina Panthers. Got benched in their brutal loss to the Giants in Sam Darnold's first return back to the Meadowlands. His stats are so bad or hard to believe. Let me pull them up for you just on a whim here to make sure I'm, I was looking at the right thing. Um, Matt Rule said he didn't try to didn't want to humiliate necessarily. Sam Darnold just felt like that, you know, he needed their – to be a spark, he says Darnold's going to be their quarterback next week and going forward because, well, what, a, what other options do they have? They say they're not interested in trading for Deshaun Watson, even though they were hot and heavy on that trail before all of the troubles surfaced this offseason with Deshaun Watson. This is a bad idea, Sam Darnold, that is turning out to be, yep, like, it looked good for the first three weeks, and not having McCaffrey obviously hurts bad. But Sam Darnold is turning out to be who we thought he was. Super sky point to the great down the screen. Jared Goff was a bad idea. Many people knew that. Many people said that. But 
they were like in Detroit, well, we could do this. You know, Stafford, you didn't really want to be here. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, make this trade, and you know, we'll get a little bit extra back in the return. And uh, come on, how bad can it be? I got your stats, by the way, as I've been riffing here. Sam Darnold, 16 to 25, 111 yards and a pick. That's that's pathetic. P.J. Walker is the guy who replaced Sam Darnold. P.J. Walker. And the guy who replaced uh, Wilson with the Jets, who suffered one of their worst losses in franchise history. And the Patriots and Belichick were throwing with Mac Jones all over them. By the way, Mac Jones looking better and better all the time as the best rookie in this class. Uh, Mike White. Mike White replaced Zach Wilson. Uh, went 20 of 32 uh, in the game. But, yeah, uh, the stats, Patriots stats here. Uh, Mac Jones, 24 of 36, 307 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty darn good. 54 to 13 as uh, the Patriots just humiliate the Jets. There were statement games from Cincinnati who take the lead in the AFC North. Over Baltimore, convincing win. And let's talk about Jamar Chase for a second because he is absolutely tearing the league and defenses a new one. And I saw this come across from whatever game story it was. Chase, who has eight, who had eight catches for 201 yards and a touchdown, set the NFL record for most receiving yards by any player in his first seven gains games according to ESPN stats and information. That is not a record. That is very, very impressive, but that is not in any way, however, shape, or form a, quote, record. Oh, yeah, for the first seven. You don't know the great first seven-game receiving and touchdown yard record in the NFL? You don't closely track that? Mike Evans gave away Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. Because he didn't realize, oh, wait a minute, this is actually an important touchdown ball. Here is what they said on CBS about it, and I didn't get the best part that we listened to in the drive home from Jim Nance. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, sorry, this is what happens. You're late to the hotel room. You're trying to get this done. Roadcast Pro, that's in there. Oh, I know why. Ah, you son of a gun. Uh, Can we uh, interrupt today's podcast for a quick commercial break? Today's podcast is brought to you by Chapstick. Chapstick is great when you've got chapped lips from being outside, and they're dry, and they're flaky, and they're uncomfortable. You want to get Chapstick. Smear it on your lips. It'll make you feel better. Okay, we're back. Here was the CBS of Mike Evans giving away the 600th football, touchdown football from uh, Tom Brady. One last click here. Now we got it. It's an NFL history. (laughs) Right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. A day with Giselle. A day with Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time, you got it. Later on, Tracy Wolfson came in and said, all right, here's what happened. And the guy said, okay, I want another signed jersey and something else. And the Buccaneers guy's like, yeah, we'll work on something else. As soon as Wolfson said that, Jim Nance said, oh, my God, that's the worst deal I've ever heard. (laughs) It's like, that's a terrible negotiation. 
You should have hold out for held out for way more. Here's the thing, though. If Brady wanted to, he could just make 601 his trophy case ball. This fetishization, this obsession with even-numbered balls and, t- you know, oh, it's the 600th. It's the real one. Well, get, get, get another one. If I was that guy, I would have said no, you know. But here's, okay, now that I thought about it. In baseball, if you catch a home run ball that is historic, it's different because it's considered a bit of a sports lottery. You are in the right place in the right at the right time in the cosmos to catch a home run ball of significance. Balls go out of the park all the time in baseball, and nobody expects you to give them back. Okay. Football, you're not supposed to catch balls. In fact, stadium people will try to track you down and get a ball back if, say, a kick goes into the stands or something like that. Not sure if they always make you give it back, but it's not considered to be, oh, you got a football, you, you, you're allowed to keep it, that's yours. Also, Mike Evans gave it to him mistakenly because he didn't realize it was a historic ball. So there was a little bit, the guy would have gotten the ball in a bit of an unclean way, in my opinion, from karma's sake. So to keep his karma shiny, it was probably best that he gave it back and said, look, do me right. I'm not going to demand anything right now, but do me right. And no, a date with Giselle is not going to be part of it, but I guess it doesn't hurt to ask. Stat of the day, Tom Brady, Justin Fields was the largest age difference between two starting quarterbacks in a game in NFL history. Also, it marks the first time for Brady that Fields was an opposing starting QB from Ohio State that Brady has ever faced in his career. The Michigan man never started opposite an Ohio State quarterback. How about that? Quick thought on college football, Illinois-Penn State overtime. Ridiculous. Ridiculous as hell. Absurd, stupid. Nine overtimes. Nine quote overtimes. Because now, after the third pseudo-overtime, which itself is not a real overtime. Here, have the ball at the 25. Try to score a touchdown. Then if you don't score a touchdown, we're going to uh, – you can try to field goal. But then if you, you – know, we go to uh, – they they, tear, they taper it down. I think I don't even know the rules. I should. Certified sports talk radio host. I should know the exact rules. It's so dumb. I'm not a fan of the college football overtime. And it's now even more ridiculous and absurd that we've had a nine-overtime game that was one of the longest games in college football history. Overtime was meant – was meant to be sort of a kind of a fair way to do it to you know keep the game from going on too long. We're now at the point where oh I got an idea for overtime. Put 15 more minutes on the clock. Flip a coin. First team to score wins. I know it's crazy, right? It's ridiculous. That's the dumbest idea ever. I mean, it's mostly fair. It's a little bit of luck in the coin flip, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to win. First team to score by hook or by crook. This, oh, here's a two-point conversion. Can you get it? Oh, no, you can't. Five straight times, both teams did not get it. Absurd. Speaking of absurd, did you see the touchdown that was called back for Iowa State against Oklahoma State in their upset? Thank God they still won the game. But an Iowa State receiver caught a slant pass, broke into the clear. Nobody was even within the TV picture of him. And all he did was just put a little bit of high-step flair, little bit, in the last five yards into the end zone. Flag, 
touchdown overturn, bring it back taunting. Why do referees do this? Mike Leach is at it again. Mike Leach, who was kind of laid low after a while, uh, he's now at Mississippi State, hasn't had a whole lot of big wins. This win against Vanderbilt, even though they crushed him, was not a big win. It's Vanderbilt, but somebody fed him a line about Halloween candy, and here goes Mike Leach. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Candy corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. <laughs> and then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but the... Uh, um, the uh, you know they have those nerds clusters, which is new. The gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds <laughs> clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you know, uh, people are saying, Zabe, is Mel Candy Jr. going to make an appearance now that we are in Halloween week? And the answer is, you're damn skippy. He is. Finally, LSU announced last week that. Old Coach Joe is not going to be back next year, but they let him coach out the season. Well, Ole Miss and Lane Kitten, Lame Kiffin, Lame Kittens, Lane Kiffin took it to him. And I hadn't even thought about this to connect the dots, but somebody said, so is the hysterical crying Ole Miss girlfriend going to finally get to rub it in her boyfriend's face who wouldn't stop saying, I'm already mad we won. He just kept singing that keynote from the Tiger Rag. Da, da, da. <laughs> Ole Miss 31, LSU 17. That is a wrap for tonight. I'm going to bed. I'm going to rest my voice. Thanks to everybody who came to this wonderful tailgate and football game at Lambeau Field. Sorry, Wolfskin fans, it didn't happen for you. 
this week. You're two and five. The whole division's two and five, except for the Cowboys. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow. I've got no roots, but my home was never on the ground. I've got no roots, but my home. At SheFit, we're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs. Fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put a bet you can't lose. You know that. And with my bookie, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. Put a bet on either team to score between the Mavericks and the Nuggets. And when the first bucket hits, boom, you win. Let me put it like this. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you're going to win. This is a lock. It doesn't get any easier than that. My bookie wants you to get a taste of winning because it tastes so good. With superstars like Jokic, Doncic going head-to-head Friday night of this week, it will not take more than a minute of game time before your bet, cha-ching, cashes in. And that's not all. You get paid Friday, wake up Saturday, and then you throw down on UFC 267. Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship main event fight. So don't wait. Head to mybookie.com now and use my promo code ZABE. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and my bookie will instantly double your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE. You can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.